Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. Uh, we're back again, and um, it's the same three of us that that's always here. I, I, I guess that doesn't sound super exciting, but uh, I'm Illegal86, and I'm joined by the Nerd Bomber. Hey, everybody. I know it's not as exciting without someone else on here, I guess. We had a, yeah, that big up. guest star last week. We're coming off a guest spot, and and this week you're just you're stuck with us. And uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't also uh, mention my good friend Tactic. Hey, how's it going? It's going good. How are you? Good. Are you uh, are you are you ready for to, for today? Maybe I should have asked you this before we started. But yes, I am ready. Let's do this. Wow. Okay, he's not just ready; he's excited. Well, that's good because we have a few things to talk about today. Of course, um, we're going to be talking about the Emmys, which happened this past weekend. Uh, we're going to be talking about State of Play, which actually happened today, the day that we're recording this, uh, which is is Tuesday. And um, of course, we're also going to be talking about the fallout from uh, this weekend's Area Fifty One event, this much hyped event that turned out to be a little bit of a dud. But we'll, we'll get to that. Um, so yeah, let's just let's dive right into it with some news here, and let's talk about the Emmys. So I guess first of all, um, did you guys uh, watch? Because I did not watch myself i also did not watch i perused the interwebs to see who did well and who didn't but no i did not watch award shows like i don't know i mean i'm sure we'll talk about the oscars when when they're on too and like i typically try to watch the oscars but even though i'm like the biggest movie fan and it's just award shows are long and like there's very little redeeming about the actual show like you can see these shows these award shows now like like the oscars did this last year and, and this this year the emmys did the same thing uh where there's no host they're trying to like shake things up keep things interesting make things fresh and i don't know it seems like it's most of these award shows are just a lot of pomp and circumstance for a little payoff when you can just go on and, and like you said just kind of see the interesting clips if there are any really just read who the winners are um so yeah i didn't watch either but but what we can talk about of course is um you know kind of the list of big winners um you know of, of course you have game of thrones um winning outstanding drama series and i believe peter dinklage won uh uh lead actor in a drama series good uh, for him i actually i think that was well deserved um i know everyone kind of hated on the last season but overall i think he was one of the strongest actors throughout the entire show showed a wide range of emotion i, I know you haven't watched game of thrones right um i have not but i mean at but this point, I may as well have. Overall, I think he deserves it. I think he was probably one of the standouts to come out of Game of Thrones. I know there were a lot of actors that have since like basically launched a new career off of Game of Thrones, but I think he did a great job throughout the entire series. Yeah, so actually, and he actually, I think I was mistaken before, he actually won uh, Best Supporting Actor in a Drama Series. And um, the kind of the surprising thing is that... Um, Game of Thrones, not actually a huge winner here. I mean, it won an outstanding drama series, which is obviously the biggest award. Um, and, and Peter Dinklage won, but I mean, it was passed over for writing, um, which a lot of people who have watched the last season would probably agree with that. I've heard a lot of complaints about the writing. Um, Emilia Clark was passed over for lead actress, um, supporting actress for in a drama series. There were four nominees from Game of Thrones and they all lost <laughs> uh, to Julia Garner from Ozark. Um, so in a sense maybe if you're a game of thrones fan you're a little disappointed but i think uh, a lot of it was tarnished by that that last season honestly yeah i i, I mean 
people who i don't think people were particularly expecting it to win for best writing um best writing by the way uh jesse armstrong won for succession which is another i believe it's another hbo show which i have not watched um but yeah i mean game of thrones had a couple wins uh the big winner on the night which before we started recording uh tactic asked me uh what this show was fleabag um which is actually uh, a bbc show um actually co-produced with amazon studios and it won quite a few awards um phoebe waller bridge i believe won best actress in a comedy series uh she won best writing for a comedy series um so yeah that was probably the big winner of the night um or one of the big winners i should say the marvelous miss Maisel is another one that and and you guys have watched that one correct it is a fantastic show I, i would say that show is definitely deserving of awards yeah um it seems like that one uh also won quite a bit i see supporting actor in a comedy series for tony shalhoub who i do love tony shalhoub um best supporting actress in a comedy series as well for alex borstein so um yeah that one got a couple of wins but i mean as far as fleabag goes best writing looks like best directing um Lead I thought it was. I, mentioned. I thought it was pretty interesting. I'm kind of scrolling through the list now. Um, Black Mirror Bandersnatch also won outstanding television movie, which that's kind of unique because it was an interactive movie. So it's kind of cool to yeah. see that one winning an award there. Having seen Bandersnatch, so did you guys watch Bandersnatch? No, I, it was one of those things where it got so hyped up, and I know you talked about it, and it was one of those things I just couldn't bring myself to actually watch or do myself. Yeah, I, I mean, I so I watched Bandersnatch, and th- I'm not sure if a, if a win was justified. Like, I liked Bandersnatch; it was certainly unique, but there are a pretty good. Um, I mean, it seems like there are some really great nominees for outstanding television movie. Uh, the Brexit movie with, um, which I believe was Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, Deadwood came back for a movie. Um, there's some movies that seem like they might have been better, but maybe Bandersnatch just managed to win simply because of how unique it was um i don't know i mean the choose your own adventure aspect of it was great but as far as like the production i didn't think it was anything really to write home about um i don't know uh, outstanding limited series chernobyl managed to win for that which i think is very well deserved um i watched chernobyl all the way through i actually binged it question um, question about bandersnatch do you think sure. the writing might have not been something to write home about simply because your choices stunk well, uh, I mean, that's a, a fair question. I mean, so I watched I watched and rewatched Bandersnatch a few times just trying to kind of go through all the t- possible choices that there were. Um, and you can, you know, there's like flow charts online that show you like, if you make this choice, you'll go here. If you make this choice, you'll go here. Things like that. Um, I think that the writing is hamstrung, not necessarily by the specific choices you make, but the fact that this choice mechanic has to be built into the story. Um I mean, obviously, a lot of stories and and a lot of drama is about choice, right? But like the choices aren't typically so uh, direct and so like just slammed right in front of you. Like it's it's usually more subtle than that. So like if you were to decide whether you're going to go left or go right, I I, I just feel like that um, puts you in a bit of a box. And um, yeah, I wrote a review of Bandersnatch back when it came out. And I think I said something to that effect, um, which like it's super fun and and you're obviously very engaged, but story-wise I, I will say one result that i think directly comes from the whole um which from like you said which choices you make is that you can wind up with something that seems really disconnected 
um, and, and doesn't seem very cohesive. So, yeah, I, I think that's a that's a fine point. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, Bandersnatch. Congrats on congrats, uh, Bandersnatch on on your TV movie award. I'm not so sure about that one. Um, Ozark was another big winner, which I have never watched. Uh, but I've heard really good I've, things about it, but I haven't watched it either. But my mom, who usually doesn't like that type of show, <clears throat> she said that it was really, really good. Sorry, I, I don't yeah. know what's going on with my throat today. Sorry, listeners. I'm like gravelly. Don't know what's happening. My dad, actually, is really into, um, or at least at one point he was into Ozark. So maybe it's for that generation and not for us. Yeah, so if you uh, <laughs> you haven't watched it, your parents probably are. Um, yeah talk to your parents <laughs> um, find out more yeah jason bateman won actually for directing for a drama series for ozark and as i mentioned before supporting actress in a drama series went to julia garner um not to be confused with jennifer garner which is what i first thought when i read that but no it is a it is a different person um some other high points here um rupaul's drag race won for uh best reality show um as i mentioned chernobyl for outstanding limited series writing for a variety series was last week tonight with john oliver which i think is a fantastic show um it also won outstanding variety talk series um chernobyl also i believe won for um best writing for a limited series um which again i think is well deserved um but yeah i mean as as far to kind of move away from the actual awards themselves and and to just reflect on this whole award show thing that that we have going as a society. Like I didn't hear a thing this year about like, usually when there's a big award show, you hear about something that goes viral or like some big, like, like when Ellen took that selfie that broke the internet or like when, when was she the one that ordered pizza? Someone ordered pizza during the Oscars. Like you always hear something like that happening. And with this Emmys, I didn't hear anything like like you see those recap articles that are like oh what were the highs and lows and well the main the main thing that i saw trending from this was um ah, what's the actress's name the one from fleabag the main thing waller bridge yes is her chilling back on a on like a deck chair with a cigarette and surrounded by all of her emmys that's like trending where everyone's like she's a boss so that came out of it yeah, but she that's not even like something that happened during the Emmys. And maybe part of it was just, I, I think I was reading it might have been IndieWire, but this was the lowest watched Emmys, I think, since they started keeping track of viewership back in like 1990 or something like that. So maybe it's just like, I don't know, maybe we're just all getting over it, especially when you think about the Emmys are targeted a lot towards um, more traditional television. And now that we're getting all of these streaming services... I mean, I know that a lot of those shows do end up getting nominated for Emmy Awards as evidenced by like The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, but I feel like it's just a different dynamic and a different atmosphere for television in general because things just aren't the way that they are traditionally released anymore. So I wonder if that's having an impact on the Emmys in general and just like how people are viewing it. I mean, me personally, yeah. I relate the Emmys to like, you know, those those books you had to read in like grade school, grade school that were like really generic and you just looked up the spark notes. Those are all yeah. really good books. I do have to say for the most part now as an adult, I've tried to make you go back and read some of them and you actually like them. Hashtag flowers for Algernon. Yo, flowers for Algernon was a dope book. Yeah, I that's a good book. I'm talking about the generic books, the ones that like everyone kind of 
There's nothing crazy about them. Not the like critically acclaimed ones. Spark notes. That's what the Emmys are. The spark notes is all I need. Spark notes, uh, not a sponsor. Um, but I will also say, while we're on the topic of spark notes, they have an amazing Twitter account. If you are on Twitter, go over and check out their Twitter account because it's typically really hilarious. There's like a lot of great, like Romeo and Juliet memes. There's a lot of Shakespeare content, but if you've ever read the more popular Shakespeare, you'll probably be able to get right on board with it. Um, so yeah, the Emmys, uh, they happened. <laughs> I don't really know what else to say about it. Um, congrats to Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Uh, congrats to Marvelous Miss Maisel. Congrats to Ozark, Game of Thrones. Um, we'll see what wins big next year. Um, as far as, as the weekend, I do want to, I feel like we're going to talk for a little bit longer about state of play. So I want to, I want to actually switch the order of the topics as, as I said them before and talk about area 51 because um, this was something that we talked about a few episodes ago. Um, and well, it might've might been longer than that ago. It was when this story first broke, when the Facebook thing went viral and, you know, hotels were selling out of reservations and everything. Um, that was this past weekend. That was this past Friday, I think, um, where the event was supposed to actually take place. And mm-hmm. outside of, you know, like a couple of funny videos of, of people Naruto running, I don't think very much actually happened. And I think it's a good time for us to kind of step back and evaluate both what our expectations were for it and also evaluate um, how or why it didn't meet those expectations. So like, I mean, I don't know, like I didn't see much else besides that. I think I saw that one woman actually did try, she like went under a gate and like tried to get in, but didn't get very far. Yeah. I think I saw the video. She was like an older woman and she walked basically storming very loosely area 51. (laughs) Um, She just like slowly walked into area 51. Overall, it was just like a couple dozens of people who showed up. It seemed like it was more of like a quiet, not super rowdy, quote-unquote storming and i mean even in the videos you can see that the guards and stuff outside of area 51 like they all kind of had little smirks on their faces nothing really happened um i think the bigger news was really oh man i don't remember it was like just outside i think of the town that area 51 is located um there was like the area 51 fest or whatever and it basically turned into a music festival not even near area yeah alien stack so yeah. you guys did call that. I will have to say, give that, give you guys props on that. And I mean, it just made more sense. Honestly, while it seemed like a fun time, maybe, I don't even think that sounds like a fun time to storm a government base. Like realistically, if you did that, you would get shot down so fast, no matter how fast you Naruto. Naruto. Thank you. Ran. I mean, it did make for a really interesting clip though. Could you imagine like that guy who turned into a meme? Like you're forever known as the area 51 naru I, why can't i say it naruto runner thank you one thing i will say that i am very pleased about is the guards basically had every right to be jerks to these people but they they were just good sports about it and that's kind of what i like to see well yeah let's just smile these guys are going to be idiots it's it's only going to be a day and they right. took it in stride and kudos to them Thanks for not really kind of egging things on. So I think well, you guys handled I, that well. 
and when i read a report i want to say it was at some point last week like as things as it was getting ready to start like someone was like yeah people at the base are like actually a little concerned about it and like it, it was soon revealed that like there was absolutely no cause for concern even there was like one percent of the people there who like quote unquote said they were going to be there on facebook or whatever and like you know we heard these things that, that when we first talked about this we're like oh hotels are getting all booked up there's like two hotels near area 51 and they're both super dinky so like you know a couple dozen people would probably book them solid and you know what we got was you know a couple dozen people having what seemed like a really good time like you said like alien stock and everything but there was never any actual storming going on i mean people even people who who booked tickets to this thing and like flew down there i'm sure they had some point in the last couple of months to kind of sit back and think like man even if i wanted to get into area 51 there's no way i'd be able to do it so i will say yeah. i know tactic was very excited though because at one point in one of the videos that i was watching um, they were yelling like clap, clap from alien, alien cheeks. cheeks. Clap yeah, alien cheeks. I saw, and that's I saw been like tactics phrase of the month for whatever reason. So, oh, whenever I play video games, I'm, I'm I am clapping cheeks. Let me tell you that right now. So yeah, he was super pumped to see videos of them chanting that. Do I not understand what clapping cheeks means? Well, let me tell you a little story. I feel like I don't. When I would yeah, play please. it, I would say that, and everyone would go, "No one says that. Stop saying that." And then this video came out. I can't tell you how validated I was. First off, people say that. Second off, people say that with regards to clapping alien cheeks. So, boom. Now, what it means is basically a sexual statement saying... Okay, so we're getting into it. Okay, yeah, yeah. keep going. I mean, just I use your imagination. Boom. Yeah, just kind use the, your imagination yeah. on that one. I don't know if I should draw you a picture at some point. Uh, you know what? Maybe we'll put that on our... No, I don't want to promise to put that anywhere. <laughs> um, uh, you can, yeah, you can I, use I, uh, Urban Dictionary to find a really good definition of it if you are interested. But, How does I mean, one clap cheeks? Clapping well, alley in cheeks. You take your hands and you put them together and then you separate them and then you put them together. That's clapping hands, not I, cheeks. Yeah, I, I don't know. Just being a jerk. I mean, we, like, we don't even know that aliens have cheeks to clap. You ever think about that? Mind blown. I mean, they have, I mean, like, face cheeks, I'm pretty sure. Like, you can at least clap some kind of cheek. How do we know? I mean, an alien... We don't know what's in Area 51, first of all. I mean, do you guys think there's aliens in Area 51? Let's get that out of the way. No, they moved them to Area 52. Duh. There's no Area 52 exactly exactly i do think it would be interesting and maybe we do this on like a bonus segment sometime for patreon subscribers but like i don't know how i feel about aliens in general so i don't know what's in area 51 we should also go through where areas one through 50 are Uh, i feel like the government would come shut us down if we disclosed all of the locations of all of the different areas are there areas are there is there an area one somewhere I'm convinced the government did the the old high school p- prank with uh, four pigs, where you label them yeah. one, two, and four. That's what we never yeah. really know. They figured people would be looking for areas one through fifty, and then they were like, "We'll deal with area fifty-one once we find the other 50. 
I mean, I will say, I think there's aliens there. Like I just listened to, or I, I'm sorry, I watched a YouTube video, uh, shout out to Buzzfeed unsolved. Um, they did a whole, I don't want to say expose cause that's a ridiculous word, but they did an expose on like area 51 again, in honor of, of this thing that happened this past weekend about like, you know, what is it? What exactly do we think is there? And like, there's this guy, I can't think of his name right now, but there's a guy who like came forward and was like, here's all the stuff they have there. And like gives a very compelling and convincing account of like, yeah, I saw aliens one time. We've been working with alien craft that like have antimatter engines and, you know, it's gravity based propulsion, things like that. And like, if stuff like that is in there, we're never getting in there. Like I, I, I hope there was no one who was seriously at any point, like we're going to storm area 51. Like, I like to think, especially after this weekend, that people thought better of it. But, like, maybe I don't know. Maybe there was one guy who was there who was like, all right, when are we, we going to do it? And everyone's like, we're not doing it, dude. Like, we're not going to actually do it. Well, there's always I that over-the-top friend. There always Well, is. right. So, and I wonder what the, like, what the cross-section was of these people. Because, like, yeah, I saw these clips and these signs of, like, clapping alien cheeks and everything. But, like... I, I do think there were probably like at least four or five people there who were like, I'm ready. I'm ready to do this. And then everyone's like, we're not doing it. And they were probably really upset. So like, shout out to those people probably had a pretty rough weekend, but do you think we'll do it again next year is my question. Cause like alien stock can't have been that successful. There weren't many people around. Like, was it profitable? I mean, I think alien stock probably will happen again just because festivals quote-unquote festivals and stuff like that usually get a couple years and especially after people saw that like you know there are a decent amount of people who actually showed up i'm sure next year then it'll be like even bigger and better and they'll learn from this year and it'll just be kind of like an ongoing gag thing i think but organizing right. a festival like that like i mean you've seen the fire festival and all that kind of stuff that's not easy oh, man so i could also easily see it turning into something that just like is a total cluster and dissipates. We're, we're rambling a little bit now, but did you guys watch the fire festival documentary? Still have not I mean, done that. How messed like you have to watch that. It is honestly fascinating. Like I, it, that was a situation where I walked in and my girlfriend was watching it. And I was like, what, what is this? And she was like, it's the doc. It's about what happened at fire festival. I was like, I don't care. And then like 10 minutes later, I was like really hooked in and, like, it's honestly fascinating what happened with that. And, like, God forbid anything similar ever happens because it was, like, it was horrible for a lot of people. And then this one, sorry, uh, this douche, like, kind of got away scot-free with the whole thing. It's, anyways, it's fascinating. Um, Alien Stock, I'm sure, is uh, put on by very reputable people who don't do the things that this guy did. But, and who know how to make a good Facebook event. Yeah, clearly. Although, w- do we know, was that the same guy who was like, I'm going to make alien stock now? I feel like the, I feel like the original guy was, he, for all we know, it was like a 12-year-old kid who was like, this would be funny. I don't remember. I want to say it was the guy who originally made the Storm Area 51 event was the one who like said, okay, guys, let's not actually do this. Let's move this and do like a little party thing instead. But I'm, I might see, be that, wrong. Yeah, see, that's crazy to me like that it was the same guy if i was that guy like if if, imagine making this event and it blows up i'd be like i'd be scared i'd be like what have i created here 
because like to me it seems like the kind of thing that you would just make as a joke and then move on and then you tried to move on but like you know however many people were like let's actually do this now well i feel like you with know? all the media attention it got too like you can't move on from that now you're committed like if if right. all of the major news outlets are covering your hoax event like now you just got to double down otherwise you just look like a, a pansy i don't know right i mean for all we know this guy didn't want any of this and yet it happened so yeah area 51 um if you went to area 51 this past weekend uh first of all i would be shocked if you both went there and listened to our podcast because that would be a very small subsection of humanity but um if you did uh hit us up on twitter hit us up on uh instagram wherever you want tell us about your experience i'd be really curious to hear how it was (laughs) um and who knows maybe we'll go next year if it happens next year what what do you say technic uh no probably not (laughs) no you're gonna pass all right not a big desert person i honestly don't like i'm at a point well i guess i was in new mexico for a while but like i've never been in like an actual desert you know i don't think i do well there either it's too dry too hot so this is a little bit of a tangent, but this weekend where we live, the temperatures skyrocketed back up into like the mid 80s after we've been Same. in like high 60s for a while. And it was a very tough adjustment and I could not handle that. So I don't know how I could do in like 100 degree desert weather. I think I would just wilt. Right. Well, you wouldn't. I mean, doesn't wilting require like moisture of some kind? I think you just like shrivel up because it's so dry. That's fair. Like I like sometimes when the weather changes i like get nosebleeds at night because of how dry the air it gets like imagine in the desert my nose would just be bleeding all the time gosh food for thought i guess um so yeah uh area 51 happened um we're talking about things that happened and we're going to keep talking about things that happened because we're going to be talking about state of play and all the fun that happened there but first uh we do want to take a second to shout out our wonderful uh, Patreon supporters and specifically our Patreon producer, Mr. Ben Checkness. So um, if you listen to last week's episode, uh, Ben was on with us. Uh, he had a great time, or at least I like to think he did. Um, and we had a great time talking to him. So um, if you want that to be you, um, and also if you want to get a shout out on every episode like he does and, and give input for our game uh, every week, then you can support us on Patreon by heading over to uh, patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. And um, yeah, we have three levels of support. Uh, ben is super cool and he supports us at the top most of the three levels, which is the night level. And um, by doing that, he gets, um, again, a shout out every episode, access to our monthly secret segment and our monthly vlog. And um, since he has been supporting us for three months, six months, which one is it? Uh, just over three months just over three months uh he got a guest spot on the show so if you want to um, sit down and have a conversation with us then that is your chance to do so um if you would still like to support us but at a lesser level uh that's okay too and we have squire uh level of support which gives you access to the monthly secret segment and the monthly vlog and then uh our lowest level which is the page level gets you access to the monthly secret segment. So um, if you're interested, we'd love to have your support. Um, we love doing what we do and, and um, any support really helps us do it. So uh, head on over again to patreon.com slash 
online warriors podcast and, and if, um, you, if you are yeah. in either the square or night tier right now there's a two-week early access window going on for a tactic special feature that he threw up on youtube where he opens the elite trainer box for the oh man unbroken bonds pokemon trading card game expansion so that is up there good to see my guilty pleasure yeah so uh guys there's never been a better time to uh to get on board with us um so yeah go, go check that out and um yeah uh we're also going to uh take a quick second here to uh shout out some of our friends hey i heard you like movies i heard you like to hustle i heard you like podcasts well guess what there's a podcast for you out there called the home video hustle damn right every friday we talk about whatever movie pj picks out the bag what does that mean Every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I put a bunch of movies in a bag and PJ picks one out at random. And then we just watch it. We talk about it for maybe like an hour, hour and a half, two hours. Whatever we feel like doing, wherever the conversation leads us. But do we actually talk about the movie? Most of the time. Ah. Tangents galore. Yes. So believe me, we may be a movie podcast, but it's not always about movies. We might talk about video games, mm-hmm. music. music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the big one, music. Uh, sometimes we might get a little bit of politicalness in there. Yes. Sometimes we may just, oh, we know what we like to do. We like to tell stories, PJ. Ah, yes. I am the master storyteller <laughs> yes. of the podcast realm. <laughs> undefeated so if you like to hear about movies video games whatever foolishness comes to our mind the most random stuff you could think of check out the home video hustle you can find us on the stitchers yes the google play yes apple podcast what else pod b what else podcast addict goddamn all that ain't no reason you can't get your hustle on we everywhere worldwide baby hustle motherfucking hustle hey we can't cuss in the promo pj ah we gotta be family friendly there may be podcasts out there that don't want his hair to say ah yeah, all that good fun stuff. <laughs> well, <laughs> f- you. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't run the listeners away, Pete. Ah, I'm sorry. But this is going kind of long. Yes. So we'll end this and say, hey, check out the Home Video Hustle every Friday on all the various podcast outlets. Peace. Peace. All right, we're back. Um, so yeah, we do, we do want to talk a little bit now about uh, State of Play, which happened today. And um, when we talked about E3, which was... Man, time flies. I guess it was a couple of months ago now. Um, it seems like Sony and, and PlayStation, like there was a lot being withheld um, in anticipation of State of Play, which was today. So, you know, yeah, a lot of very exciting do, things. They didn't do like a, an official kind of conference. They did. They opted to do a, a State of Play, which is more like Nintendo Direct. So we've been getting like snippets, these like 20 to 30 minute long videos showing information throughout the year instead of one big thing at E3. Which right. I have to ask you guys, how do you feel about that? Like now that we're starting to get these trickling in every now and then, how do you feel I about that over the one big presentation? I think we go one big, we go one big presentation. I don't see why. I don't know. Like I, I, I suppose I can see the merit of having a steady trickle throughout the year, but I just think E three is the coolest thing ever. Like whenever I see it, I imagine being there and how amazing it would be. And I like you know, the old like, band aid approach too. Just ripped it off. Good to go. You know what's coming. Right. It, it, it gives something, it gives everyone something to anticipate. And it's like this, it's this big event. I don't know. Like I, I feel like not participating in it to the extent that like, you know, the people at E3 this year did, like, I feel like it takes away from it. Um, 
and I understand why Sony does does it the way they're doing it. Um, but come on, Sony. Wasn't this the first year, too, that they did things this way? Where they yeah, were- this was the first year. But, I mean, without this kind of setup, you wouldn't get surprise announcements like that of L.A. Noir's VR version coming to PlayStation VR today. Like, literally, they got to announce it, show it off. I mean, it's been released for PC VR systems, but they basically get to show it off and then say, hey, you can go download that right now. I suppose that's pretty cool. I mean, yeah, like, like I, I certainly like the idea of the game itself, first of all. L.A. Noir, I've never played, but it seems like a super cool game. And on VR, I can just imagine how cool it would be. I haven't watched any of the promos or anything, but... Um, it feels yeah, like a good game be- for it because you get to like interrogate people and there, I mean, there's some action, there's some gunplay in LA Noir. You actually bought me the game back for like the, I think it was the Xbox 360. Yeah, um, that was way back. But like, I think it's a, a really good setup for VR because you're basically being a detective and I feel like that format works best when you're immersed in it. And so I think VR would be really cool. Me personally... Right, so- any kind of game that involves interrogation and a lot of person interaction, if you immerse that into VR, I'm all about it. Because there's two types of people that there are in VR. There's the person that takes the story very seriously and sticks to the script. And then there's the person that does weird things like caress the other character's face or tweak their nipples. I'm not going to say which one of those I am, but I enjoy VR games and interacting with other or pretending to interact with other people in the game. Um, I will say to, to that point that when it comes to non-VR games, I'm a huge story guy. You, you guys know this about me. But I, I think I think that there's just something about VR as a as an institution that... I mean, I'm not tweaking nipples, but like... I didn't say I was tweaking I'm, nipples. I was just... I'm example, goofing around example. more. Like, well, I feel like VR it, like implores you to goof around more. Like, oh, you're in this environment. Like, you're not in the real world anymore do something ridiculous well it's even like like doing something super mundane feels a lot more fun in vr so like for example in london heist which was on the psvr world's disc back when like psvr first came out and i think it was a predecessor to blood and truth um one of the things you're like sitting in this room with mafia guys and they give you a cigar and you can light the cigar and then the headset actually listens to you taking a breath so that when you breathe in and breathe out, like you actually breathe out smoke in the game. And for whatever yeah. reason, like I played around with that for a good like 15 minutes and it was the most mundane thing, but it was like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing ever. It's super, super cool. And like, it and, and that adds to the immersion, you know, like I, I think that's amazing. Like I wish I... I didn't put on a VR headset immediately want to goof around. Um, that's just, that's just who I am. But like, I have to imagine that if I was like looking for clues, like the VR games that are shooters, I feel like especially inspire goofing around. But if I'm like in a room and I had to like find out who killed somebody, like I like to think I'd take it a little more seriously. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe that's just wishful thinking, but, um, LA Noir, uh, LA Noir VR seems pretty pretty cool. Um, the thing I was excited about that um, was announced today was the release date for Last of Us Two. And for those that don't know, The Last of Us is probably my favorite game of all time. Uh, I don't think that's a stretch. And um, we got a slick new release date trailer that shows some more stuff. Um, I maintain my theories about where the story is going. 
and I actually think there's a very predictable trajectory that the story is on. Um, but nonetheless, it looks like it's just going to be incredibly cool, uh, incredibly emotional, just like the last game was. And I couldn't be more excited. And that drops February 21st, 2020. Um, so for me, that was like, you know, looking at state of play, that was the highlight for me. The trailer was yeah. super intense. And so I haven't played the first game yet. I have it on my backlog. The game, and the it, game is super intense and it's scary and it's like, it's hard. Like I want, like there's parts of that trailer that I'm like, oh man, that's going to be so hard. Like that's like the first thing I think when I see you playing certain sections, because I do remember the first game, there were certain sections where I was like, man, I've, I've played this section like 10 times and I still can't figure it out. Um, I think it hits a really great balance in that regard, but yeah, it's, it's super, super intense for sure. I think it's, it's interesting to see how, um, because like I said, I don't know the characters all that well, just from like what I've seen in Let's Plays and what I've heard you and other people talk about. But it seems like it's going from like a loving relationship thing to like a more revenge tone type game. Because yep. I believe the first game was more about just like the almost father daughter like relationship between the two main characters. And now this seems like Ellie is out for blood. Yeah. So actually Neil Druckmann, who, who wrote the story for the last of us and is also he's he's a naughty dog guy so he's also been in uncharted 4 as well um he actually is said in some interview at some point um that the first game is about love and the second game is about hate so um i think the trailer does a really good job communicating that yeah i i will say i mean i i do have to say what my theory is because i think it's a it's a fairly widely held theory and it, it doesn't involve any spoilers for the first game at all but um i think joel so, so you're playing as Ellie for pretty much the whole game in this in this case, whereas in the first game, you're mostly playing as Joel. I'm pretty sure Joel is dead. Like, I think any interaction you're seeing between Ellie and Joel, Joel has been dead for a while, and she's kind of, he's kind of like the, uh, you know, the little guy on your shoulder, so to speak. Where like he's the like guiding a, spirit? Yeah, like a figment of her imagination, a, a way of her dealing with that trauma or something like that. Um if you watch the trailers back that we've seen, I think a lot of things point directly to that. And, and and the first trailer frames it as she's getting revenge for his death. And this trailer obviously says, no, she's getting revenge for someone else's death. But yeah, revenge is clearly a theme. And I think she's probably harboring some sort of, you know, again, it could, it's some kind of father daughter connection with Joel. And I think he's gone you know, between games and, and she's struggling with that, but either way, super excited, could not be more excited in fact, um, for this game. But, but there were also some other, some other cool games, um, that were teased. We got a modern warfare story trailer, um, which gosh, I mean, it looks gorgeous. I I know that much call of duty is call of duty at this point. So I feel like if you're in, you're in, (laughs) um, but I'm sort of torn. Every year I somehow acquire the latest Call of Duty. Like I actively bought um, the the World War One, and then somehow right. I think we got Black Ops Four when we bought a, a second PlayStation. And I don't know. Like they're fun. I, I really like the concept of going back to Modern Warfare. That was probably my favorite installment or like mini series within Call of Duty. Um, yeah. Same. But I, I don't know. I'm just afraid of what they're going to do to it and the combat in general. And like, I wouldn't be afraid. I think you know exactly what you're going to get at this point. 
So me, I mean, I don't know. I, I've been out for a while, but but go go on. Me personally, they've put all of their eggs in the online gameplay basket, in my opinion. The story is just kind of same stuff, different day. I don't know. Exactly. The stories in Call of Duty have actually been pretty good. I would say that in... Um, Oh, man. What was the one where they were in space and it had Kit Harrington? I can't even remember because it was so... Would have had to have been Advanced Warfare, but I I didn't play it. So... But, like, that story was pretty good. So, anyway, with regards to the online multiplayer side of it, I used to love playing it back when I was younger and had more time to master the art, we'll call it, of of being competitive in this game. But, my goodness, the people... When I'm getting mopped all around... (laughs) <laughs> by five to 12 year olds because they've just have the time to sink into this game and get really, really good. Right. It just, and that was it's you. just not fun for me anymore. It's a cycle of life. I think, I, I mean, I, so yeah, I like, as far as the stories go, I loved, uh, modern warfare and modern warfare two specifically had phenomenal stories. I thought, uh, black ops one was okay. And, I saw Black Ops One as an off ramp because I was like, "This is gonna get, this is gonna start getting worse," and I, I left at that point. I played them primarily for the stories, and I, I think tactic. I think we're a minority there. Um, I mean, I worry, I worry that it's shifting towards this goofy battle royale that every other game is doing, and that's not what Call of Duty is to me. It's not what it's ever been, and I think Call of Duty has been great. So I hope they don't head there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, story-wise at this point, I feel like you know what you're getting. Um, and for me, that's just not enough to shell out the money for it. But I think it has a huge dedicated fan base and it's probably going to sell like a billion copies. Um, Civilization Six, I have never played a Civilization game, but people go crazy for these games. Um, I believe it's a real-time strategy game correct yes yeah it is that's kind of honestly the reason why i haven't gotten into it because it just feels like so much work and i understand why people love it but oh my goodness it's just so overwhelming sometimes yeah and on a console too i'm not like i'm not sure like i had an older brother i well i still have an older brother he's he's still with us um he was super into age of empires is another one that I think is very similar. But like when I think of the, of real time strategy, I think of PC, like I, I do not think of a PS4. So that's an interesting jump. Um, I don't really know how many RTSs there are on PS4, if any, I'm sure there are some, but I would think they're more scarce. Um, but yeah, people love civilization. Um, it's certainly not for me, but that was another one of the bigger reveals today, I would say. Um, and then we have a few other games here that I can shout out, but I don't know much about. Humanity would be one. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce this next one. Wadham? Maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I believe so. Two shapes wearing top hats. Looks super fun. Um, medieval. Uh, but spelled interestingly. That one looks fun. It looks like it could be a potential platformer of sorts. Yeah, that based. one was actually a uh I think it was a PS1 game that I believe they're remastering and they announced that there's going to be a demo for people to try out. Right on. Uh and then this game After Party which looks quite visually interesting, but I don't know really anything about it. Um if you saw something at State of Play that we did not talk about or that you think is looks especially cool and want to talk about with us then uh again head on over to twitter uh we're on there guys 
Um, I don't tweet very much unless tweeted at, but I am there. I will twat uh, at you. One of the things that they didn't discuss at State of Play that I yeah, kind of... you were expecting something. Yeah, I was right. expecting something so much, and I thought for sure it was going to come today. But uh, WB Games Montreal um, it had some cryptic tweets. So yesterday, uh, so we're recording this on Tuesday, so yesterday was the 80th anniversary of Batman's first appearance. And so WB Games Montreal for the first time in a really long time were back and active on Twitter and they were the developers between Arkham Origins and I think Arkham VR. And sure. So their tweet had a gif and there were some like subliminal kind of like symbols flickering in and out and it seemed to me that they were hinting at a Batman game surrounding the Court of Owls. And I'm super excited. And there was follow-up, too, from WB's main account and everything. And it seems like there's going to be a Batman Arkham game on the horizon surrounding the Court of Owls. And if you guys are not familiar, it's a really good... It was probably one of my favorite things to come out of the whole New 52 DC storylines. They're creepy. Yeah, it, it's like a, an underground organization. The Court of Owls have basically always run Gotham. They're like a bunch of elite people who basically are the mechanism behind everything that goes on in Gotham. And so Batman like discovers the them pretty much. And so Batman goes at odds with the Court of Owls. And it's just a really fun, creepy, just original storyline. And so I'm super pumped I, I'm super excited. I thought the game was going to be announced in full, um, but we saw nothing at State of Play. But I think something is definitely on the horizon. I'm hoping maybe at the Game Awards later this year, we'll see something more on the game. I mean, I would love another Arkham. Like Arkham City is easy top five for me, game-wise. Uh, Arkham Knight is also up there. I mean, all the Arkham games are phenomenal. Anything well, of that nature would be outstanding I'll the be interesting all, all, thing, all for it so um there was also some speculation online i was on like reddit and stuff earlier today and people were speculating that they might be implementing the nemesis system from shadow of mordor and uh shadow of war i'm trying to uh, yeah yes yeah okay so can't they say might, i'm familiar with that system but it's basically like an almost alive quote-unquote system where enemies basically rise and fall from power and then you basically have different nemesis that you defeat and that the continually come back so based on like who you're defeating in the story um huh. your nemesis could be different than like if i had one playthrough you might have different enemies that are powerful in your game based on like how you play the game so it would be very interesting especially knowing that it would be a game potentially based around this illuminati like society i think that would be really cool I think Batman, the Batman universe in general would be a really cool place for that kind of system. I mean, uh, Batman has a pretty amazing like stash of villains. So to see them, like you said, kind of continually rise and fall from power in a way that feels alive would be super, super cool. Um, let alone a court of owls, uh, which does sound creepy and does sound very interesting. Um, I would be all for this. So yeah, hopefully they release something soon even if it's just another cryptic gif in a tweet um 
Um, the what? last bit of news before oh, we yeah, do sorry. move on. I just, I always like to give Xbox parody. I know we spent a lot of time talking about PlayStation in this podcast. And I know we got some feedback on one of our, our YouTube versions of the podcast a while back that they wanted to hear more talk about Xbox. So uh, there was also an Inside Xbox episode today. Uh, there was some more sneak peeks at some of the, the games coming up for Xbox. But one of the, the major news pieces that I just wanted to quickly touch on is that xCloud is going to have their first kind of like test run and that preview program will be starting off in October. It's a very limited run, but um, some people will be able to test out the service and hopefully that means that it's quickly on the horizon. This is the cloud-based gaming thing that we've been hearing about for however long? Yep, that's the one. Wowie. Well, it just it seems incredible that it's like finally coming to fruition. And I know like with Google Stadia and stuff, they they need to get moving on it anyway because Google Stadia is also on the horizon. But I feel like we've just been hearing about this for so long. So seeing something tangible happening with it is pretty cool. I honestly thought Google Stadia would just go, meh, not worth it, and then just cut it. Which they've done with projects before. Google has is yeah. notorious for starting things and then cutting on the funding. I mean, they, they seem, that, right? yeah, yeah, they seem pretty committed to it, though, and I think that's why Xbox wanted to get moving with um, Project X Cloud. They know how much money is in it. Would would be why there's far more money in that than there is in a pair of glasses. I would I would imagine. Very true. But um, I don't know. Five years from now, you think we're cloud gaming? I'm I'm still not sure. The jury's out for me. I don't think that would be anyone's primary way to play, but I could see like if I'm playing a game on my console and I travel or something and I have my laptop on me, then maybe I'll be able to stream if the internet connection is good enough where playing on a streaming platform isn't super laggy and annoying. I mean, I could see if I was bored and like on vacation and the weather was crappy and you have nothing else to do, like why not? Or playing on your phone if you're waiting an hour at the DMV or something like that. Okay, so you you think selective use cases like I yeah I I for me at most I see a subset of the gaming community availing themselves of this new feature, but I agree I don't think it's ever going to be something that becomes mainstream. Uh, Tactic, any further thoughts? Um, just basically, I thought that they were weren't really going to have much competition. That's why I made the statement about Google, but yeah kind of a niche thing for me i'm not a when i game i like to surround myself in my home with some snacks and then just go i'm not a big yeah Yeah. i'm not a big on the go gamer and i guess the the real benefit to to cloud gaming is is storage capability right right i i get i get external hard drives on external hard drives for my xbox so it's it's not a big showstopper for me well, and the way I see it, like, I mean, if you have discs, you can just delete games when you're done with them. Like, my PlayStation has 500 gigs on it, and I just cycle through stuff. It's not a, it's not a huge deal. I don't need to have 10 games installed at once. Um, but You, you know, don't that's, have that's, more than 10 games installed at once? I would have to count, but I certainly don't think so. Oh, my goodness. I think on our Xbox alone, we have, like, 50 games installed at any one time. Wow. Okay. So I, yeah, maybe I'm a, I'm a minority here. Um, but it's like, you never know. So granted there's two people using our console and you never know, like there's the pick, 
pick them up games where you don't want to play super long. So like sure. your Rocket Leagues and your sports games where it's not like your main game. And then but, there's party games like yeah. your Jackboxes. And, yeah, and see, then we've got like our individual story games that we're pursuing. If there's like a couch co-op game that we're going to play together. So we have like, I right. want to say at least 50 at any one time installed. See, for me, it's like, it's the opposite of that. Like I don't party game much. I don't do a whole lot of online play. Like for me, it's typically story games where i get super invested and immersed in one game for an extended period of time so for yeah for me cycling makes a lot more sense than it does uh for you but uh you know my girlfriend and i are dabbling more now in couch co-op um so maybe that will change um but i think even if it does like tactic said i'd probably go in for an external hard drive and, and leave it at that at least for the time being um which kind of brings me into a semi-gentle segue for um, what are you up to Wednesday? Um, which is, uh, I, I don't have much to discuss there, but um, my girlfriend has been playing Knack and she just downloaded Knack 2, which has a co-op functionality. So I think that's where I'm headed. Well, that's um, exciting. Seems like a super cool platformer, um, which she's been since finishing... Uh, ratchet and clank she's kind of been seeking that kind of game out so um kind of excited to get back into the couch co-op world uh with her and um yeah other than that i not a whole lot to report so I, i'll just turn it over to tactic i am very excited for what we have been up to this wednesday well and please take it away for the past couple of weeks, we've been saying, we'll get to it, we'll get to it, we'll get to it. Well, folks, we have got to it. We have started playing Gears, and we're doing the whole story co-op style. And if you haven't started playing it, um, I'm going to be very light on the spoils, but there will be some spoilers. So, oh, my I would goodness. say there it's, it's going to be vague. I think we'll keep it super vague, but there's it's more like spoiling a set piece. So if you're Everyone bothered already... by like, surprise set pieces, then maybe skip ahead for like a few minutes everyone's already turned the podcast off by now so i heard him say spoilers and just backed out immediately all of the gears are notorious for being action-packed but to me it's kind of face value action-packed this one is action-packed and also has a very dark almost horror feel to it and it's it's got the psychological as well as action packedness to it that that really keeps you immersed and then on top of that with all the goodies and things that you pick up i've got nerd bomber reading all the dialogue because she she reads it to me because i don't have my glasses on when i play um <laughs> but it my goodness how old are you just really quick just leave me alone i don't i, okay. I left i left them in my car and i've been too lazy to bring them in the house um and my goodness the it's just it's crazy how how sucked in and like on edge you are as you're you're turning corners and things like that in the story yeah so one of the things that i think gears 5 has done really well that you haven't really seen in any of the previous installments is that instead of just being this super action-packed you're going from one scene to another um like you do have major battles but then they're all kind of broken up by these periods of quietness where it's still a linear game but the set pieces which are gorgeous like the graphics are incredible but the set pieces you're walking through like tunnels or buildings or exploring and it's not like a super big open world but there's enough rooms to explore and things to pick up that it just feels 
like when you need a break, you get a break. And it also like helps to set the atmosphere and put the story in perspective. I think this is probably in terms of writing one of the best gears that I've ever played. I think I mean, Gears has always had a really good backstory, but a lot of the story you end up getting either from novels or extra outside game information, whereas Gears 5 so far, they've done a really good job, even if this is your first Gears coming in, I think that they've done a really good job bringing you up to speed, being very accessible. The story is really interesting and gets you super involved. I mean, the gunplay is good as always. I mean, Gears has always been really fun from that third person cover shooter perspective, but there's just something about this game. Like Technic was saying, there's points where you're walking through this really dark lab and stuff just pops out at you. It's just a creepy atmosphere. Like you can be walking for a good five minutes and nothing is happening, but you just feel on edge. There's a lot of different collectibles to find that really flesh out the story. Um, I would say probably one of my favorite scenes so far. Like, there's just stuff that surprises me. We're not even probably, uh, I think we're about maybe halfway through the game at this point. But I would say at the end of Act 1, and I don't want to give any spoilers away, and Tactic, I don't know if you feel the same way, but at the end of Act 1, even throughout Act 1, there were a few scenes where I just stopped and I was like, wow, that was really heavy and just super impactful. And well, So, uh, what you're crazy. describing... Sorry, what you're describing in a lot of ways is sounds like Dead Space to me. Uh, uh yes well, and no. Let, let me tell you the main thing that kind of covers everything is in Gears f- 4, they had JD, which is uh, Marcus's son. And he was kind of this arrogant guy, but overall, you know, perfect soldier, I guess. Um, in this one, they're systematically going through every character and identifying their flaws and and to me that makes them more human so they're showing that jd makes mistakes that are messed up is what i'll say and then they're showing the the girl kate kate has other flaws not gonna say and then they're showing they're just they're just going through each one and and really humanizing each and every one and to me that that makes the characters more relatable and it makes you feel for them so you're you're saying you're saying story driven. You're saying psychological. You're saying scary, and I'm hearing Dead Space, Dead Space, Dead Space. But having played, you know, I've only played the first two Gears of War, I think. And what turned me off about them is something that you also mentioned, which is that it's like it's just so so cover based, and it's just that's what the game is. It is one mechanic over and over again. And has that really has that changed? I, mean, I don't want to take any of, wind out of the sails of the game, but that's just a question that I have as someone who may at some point play it. In terms of the gunplay, the gunplay is still very much cover-based. I will say, though, they've made it a lot easier. There's a lot more weapons available, so like you're not using a lancer necessarily the entire time. And granted, they always made different weapons available in the other games, but I feel like you have a little bit more power to choose. They've given you a wider variety of guns to grapple with, and that can yeah. really impact the the way that you're playing the game i'll also say that there's not as much emphasis it feels like on the shooting and battle itself um i would say the story actually is taking the front seat here whereas i feel like in previous games it was all about the gunplay and the shooting and like obviously that's still an important part they've made sure it's like nailed down and feels really good if you like the cover shooter but that's definitely not like the main focus for me but realistically in a shooting game 
getting into cover should be kind of the primary focus, right? If you're if you're able to to go out into a field and just spray some fire and just progress to the story, that game's not done well. You know what though? I, I I'm gonna disagree with you there because I think if I wanted a realistic war scenario where I'm gonna just turn into foxhole illegal and just you know stay behind a wall the whole time i join the army i'm like i'm i'm not playing shooting games for that reason i'm playing shooting games yeah occasionally to run and gun and 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 to have some fun with it um and i'm not saying gears wasn't fun i'm just saying that it punishes you very heavily if you aren't willing to like sit behind one little wall for 20 minutes while you take pot shots at somebody i mean it's and still you still take heavy damage if you're not in cover but they they kind of i wouldn't say they got around it but they've made it a very squad based game and it always kind of was in the past but they've added a new robot in your squad and that robot can provide you shield so like if you are exposed and out in the middle of nowhere your robot can come and give you a temporary shield boost um right the the robot actually can help heal you so like if you do get downed during a fight it's not like the end of the world even if your squad mate is off in the middle of nowhere or something or is an ai who can't figure out what to do the robot usually comes over and heals you um they've also though like even the maps i feel like have gotten a little bit less direct i've noticed that um in previous gears like you have to basically just sit behind a wall and shoot forward whereas there have been in at least some of the maps that we've played so far because they're a little bit more open there's like avenues where you can flank enemies so kind of change things up that way um they've combated that a little bit but overall i mean it's still a cover shooter at heart and like, yeah, and I'm not saying I want them to, um, you know, forsake, you know, their what like what they're known for. But it sounds like they've made it at least slightly less punishing, which is a step in the right direction, if you ask me. Yeah, like there's um, still difficult areas, by like there's some bosses that are pretty rough, and we've died a few times. But like, it's not like you're struggling for 20 minutes sitting behind one wall because you can't do anything. Right. Well, it sounds super super cool. Um, yeah, I would I would say this is probably one of my favorite games that I've played this year and I'm not even done yet and I've only heard it gets better so you heard it here first folks early game of the year candidate for uh tactic and nerd bomber um before we get to our quiz because we are hitting that that time of the show unfortunately um I I would be remiss if I didn't give a brief fantasy movie league update um congratulations to spitfire uh this week coming in first potentially their first win although i don't know i'm not really keeping track of that um 84 and a half million for spitfire uh second place mecha yoda who had a very similar cineplex looked like looks like ad astra was the movie to bank on this week which spoiler alert i did not do um Hackett's Tech at number three, also at 83 million. Then we hop down to number four and we have our very own Tectic. Ew. 70, just about 79 million. Uh, Nerd Bomber at five with 72, three. And I am in six with 70. Um, our good friend Ben at 68, actually closer to 69. Devin Reed nice. at 66. Yeah, nice. <laughs> uh, Hipster Pop Geek at 65. And Secret Asian Man at 55 we had everyone fill out a cineplex this week which is sadly a bit of a rarity um i got back on the horse this week myself um 
Overall, Nerd Bomber is still in a comfortable first place with 462 million. Devin Reed behind at 436. Tectic breathing down Devin Reed's neck at 434. Mecha Yoda at 427. Spitfire at 415. Hipster Pop Geek at 410. And then a big jump down to 382, which is where I am sitting. Ben at 368. Hackett's Tech at 366. And Secret Asian Man quite a ways down at 192. So if you want to get in on this fun, um, you can go ahead and head over to fantasymovieleague.com and look up the Online Warriors podcast, which is a private league, but the password is podcast all lowercase. Uh, We'd love to have you join us, um, if only for a few weeks here as we get ready to close out our third season. Um, At which, at this point, Nerd Bomber has a comfortable lead in. So, Come on in and, and uh, knock her down a few pegs. Uh, that's something that I would enjoy. Um, yeah, let's, uh, let's game it up. What do you say? All right. So this week, I have been chosen as the honorary host because last week our guest, Ben, actually won. Um, so the topic this week is sports mascots. And I'm doing something a little bit different this week. Instead of the usual numbers-based quiz, I'm going to go with fact or crap. And Shaking it up. I yeah. like it. So basically, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you off a list of mascot names. And I need you to tell me if it is real or if it is fake. And then based on your responses, then I will tally it up and I will let you know who is the winner. All right, so do you oh, guys... Oh, so we're not like, going to know until the end? Uh, or are you going to tell us after each question? I mean, what would you guys prefer on this one? Do you want to know right away or do you want to wait till the end? Right away after each one. Okay, okay. I can do that. that. I suppose that makes it more uh, interactive with the audience. Uh, yeah, right. I'm ready. I'll, I'll win. Okay, so the first one that I'm going to give you is King Cake Baby. Fact or crap? As in, is that a real mascot? Yes. Oh, that's a fact. That's real. Yeah, I'm with that. I, I say fact. Okay, that one is in fact a, a fact. That is a real mascot. Um, that one comes out of New Orleans. Um, it is the mascot of the New Orleans Pelicans around Mardi Gras. If you're not familiar with the tradition around Mardi Gras, you make a cake and then there's a little plastic baby in the cake. So apparently they've made this really creepy looking baby mascot i've actually heard of this before yeah he's he's like the thing of nightmares so yeah that is a real mascot okay King cake baby was uh, was also my uh, my nickname in high school but that's besides the point did you eat a lot of cake or uh no no i was just a baby fair enough i was a, I was a royal baby anyways let's keep going okay so the next one is curly the newt is that a real mascot or not i'm gonna go fake you know what i was thinking about going i mean my gut says it's crap but i'm gonna go fact because let's shake it up let's not just say the same thing over and over again i'm gonna say fact all right so tectic actually got this one right i made that one up dang no newt is curly that seemed like something that nerd bomber would make up All all right so my next one is humble the bumblebee is that a real one or a fake one? That one is, is crap. Tactic, what do you think over there? I also say it's crap again. Okay, you both got that one right. I made that one up too. I thought that, that was one, a pretty decent one. Apparently, they're not very realistic. 
I th- Curly the Newt was was more believable than Humble the Bumblebee. <laughs> I think this is hey. good. This is like this is like a meta game. We can evaluate your fake answers as well. Okay, so I'm gonna follow that up then. What do you think of the mysterious fish? <laughs> oh, that one is that one is real, true. What fact. do you think, Tactic? I want to have fun and like go against you, but like. It's okay. That, that's just real do, because because yeah. Nerd Bomber inherently tries to rhyme because that's what a fake thing would do. Curly the Newt wasn't a rhyme. It's like it's like a Dr. Seuss rhyme. What? It's basically a rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the mysterious fish was indeed a real mascot. It is from oh, the Japanese baseball team. I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. Chiba Lot Mariners. And it is a scary looking anglerfish who spits out the skeletons of dead fish throughout the game. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. That's pretty creepy. All right. So I'm going to do the next one then. Sammy the Banana Slug. That one is crap. That one's also real. All right, so Tactic gets this one. That is a real one from the University of California at Santa Cruz. I don't know the significance behind this one, but I thought it was kind of off the beaten path, so I thought it might throw you off. You'd never come up with a banana slug. Maybe maybe just Sammy the Slug. She would do Sammy the Slug, not Sammy the Banana Slug. I thought she was flying close to the sun. I thought she like looked up interesting animals and came up with banana slugs. So I'm I'm losing by two. Yeah, so great. Right now it's five to three. Um, I've got two more on my list, so you could okay. tie it if you get both of these right. Oh, I and Tactic doesn't get any of them right. Right. Um, okay, so I have the bubbly walrus. That's crap. I'm gonna. I'm also well, but I have. So see, I I want to say that's crap, but if I do, then I lose no matter what. So I'm gonna say it's real. All right, Tactic gets this one, and he wins. <laughs> dang it, <laughs> that dang one it. was total crap. <laughs> bubbly the wall i mean i knew but i couldn't dang it all right that's fine let's do the last one just for just for fun all right so fighting okra what do you think about that one that's That's real real. that one is real all right yeah that one's real from delta state university you'd never come up with an okra dsu so fun fact that i used to work in produce in a grocery store so i might have come up with okra you don't know yeah i could see though okra's not an animal Exactly. Neither was King Cake Baby. Right, but that was real. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I only, I only a, did animals. You wouldn't be like, oh, that's oh let me do a vegetable as a mascot. Yeah, yeah, but there, well, yeah, okay, I guess you're right. Man, you've, you've, did you get a perfect score, Tactic? Yeah. Yeah, he did. Unbelievable. That might be, that might be our first clean sweep of, uh, well, this, this was basically, uh, no, if Nerd Bomber's lying. <laughs> yeah. And but plus you're you're right next to her. You can probably like read her expressions and like her her body language. I don't have that privilege. So that's that is the reason that I lost. It's not wasn't the fact that I was bad at the game. It's I was at a competitive disadvantage. I, um, I do like the format though. I think it could be fun if I, we had people who could like write better questions and obviously didn't have a tell like animals that kind of rhyme. So You know what? I totally agree with that. Do you know what the next quiz should be? See if Nerd Bomber can tell if Tech Tech's lying. <laughs> yeah, and well, and you know what? We're gonna do that next week. Ooh, I, we should call this the lie detector instead of factor crap. I like that instead. Yeah. Plus, isn't factor crap like? Couldn't we get in trouble? Like trademark? That's like a thing. Probably. Trouble. Don't don't uh, don't make us sad and trademark us or whatever. 
defective not crab a, owner. Not a sponsor. Copyright infringement, I think, would be what would happen to us. We go to we go to prison. Um. So yeah, next week uh, we'll we'll see how well uh, Nerbomber can detect tactics lies, and I guess we'll see how well I can detect them too. But again, we'll we'll see what happens. Um. In the meantime, and until then, we we thank you all for joining us. Um here on this week of the online warriors podcast uh we would really appreciate it if you would um yeah, head on over to itunes and, and leave us a good review or tell your friends or just to hit us up on on the social meds you know we're, we're we're always looking to interact so um yeah and don't forget that contest is still running on twitter uh, oh, where right. we're giving away our ten dollar amazon gift card for hitting a thousand followers on twitter uh, if you guys aren't aware of it already if you go to our twitter over at at online warriors one we have a pinned tweet if you are following us and you retweet that you will be eligible to be um one of the potential winners of the ten dollar gift card and i think winners will be drawn i believe that was october 2nd so don't wait too long so yeah go on over and check that out and um tell your friends tell your parents tell i don't know i'd like to get more parents listening to this podcast i don't know i I don't know what our demographic is necessarily but tell your i feel like we're family friendly ish yeah tell your parents or if you're a parent yourself tell your kids tell Uh, them when you're sitting watching ozark with them i mean we're not going to be talking about clapping cheeks every episode so you know show it to your five-year-old show it to your six-year-old and when they ask what clapping cheeks means just make something up come on you, you you can you can handle it just like that's that whole thing about how you would get pulled over and get a ticket if you had your light on in the car that was all just bs i can't believe that still i, I mean i fell for that so hard i think i think all of us did um yeah don't don't be that parent um, I mean, lie to them about this, but not about the car thing. That's just cruel. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see you next week. All right. See you next week, everyone.